Okay, so I, I was able to say at one point, I'm, I'm not a five, I'm a nine. And he, but, but even then, I still could be wrong. And there's something hmm. about our egos that doesn't want to admit that we're wrong. The biggest case being, which would be a fun episode someday, Ian Morgan Crump. Oh, so like someday. he's gone so far down the path of a four. It's his whole brand. Yeah. I think there would be something very strong and admirable about him finally coming out and saying, I've written all these books, realize I actually am a nine. And I think in his mind, the stories I'm telling himself is he would lose credibility. I do have a really funny cartoonish image of him being in bed crying every night, knowing he's a nine and can't admit it because he's afraid <laughs> of such a strong brand. <laughs> like, I, we like you, you know you're a nine. And you're usually, it's like there's just no way. Four would be the last thing you are knowing about fours now. The last. Hey, everybody. Welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain, more curious life. I'm Scott. And I'm Daniel. And this is most likely episode 202 of the No Small Thing podcast. And we're here to talk about the Enneagram. Last episode, most likely. (laughs) We have another episode that I might release in between some episodes. So most likely. We'll just see where it all falls. The last episode was about doing the work. Doing the work of the Enneagram? Question mark. Question mark. What does it mean to do the work? Do we do the work? I don't know if we left you with any answers. And maybe one of the goals of our whole podcast is to leave you with more questions than answers. So Mm -hmm. maybe we succeeded at that. Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) Today's episode will be about this concept that many of you might be hearing about or have heard about in Enneagram spaces and literature, which is these moves to stress or health, Mm -hmm. big conversations. And it's a prompt and Daniel will have things to say and I'll have things to say. And I think, uh, as we were puzzling about this topic, uh, it's well, well in our, in our Instagram, you will see this a lot. And Daniel sees it more than me these days of like somebody basically introducing themselves as the healthy version of their type. Right. And that's always a strange energy. You, you know, you, yeah, people will comment on a meme and be like, oh, as a healthy seven, I really relate to this. Mm-hmm. Or, or if I like, uh, I'll have a meme describing a type and then people will say, ah, I think this is describing an unhealthy four. Right, right. <laughs> I don't relate to this as a healthy four. And so it, it, this very <laughs> and strange... And I really wonder what they're trying to say there. <laughs> yeah, what is being tried? Don't I diss mean, fours or... I mean, so, I mean, a lot, all of, fours. a lot of my... <laughs> <not> <laughs> fours. A lot of my memes are, uh, or posts in general, are playing with, mm-hmm. like, trying to playfully and in, like, a non-prescriptive way, trying to say, hey, there might be some preconceptions around the way a seven looks that I think might be diluted by nine stuff by yeah. three st- or by generally types are going to be diluted by nine and six vibes. Yes. Um, and so I'm, tr- I'm trying to parse those things out and trying to provide examples of something that where I can definitively show this is a seven thing and not a nine thing and not a, a six thing, or this is a four thing and not a nine thing or right. a six thing. It really Tense. muddies up the conversation sometimes. It what? It what? It muddies up the conversation. Yeah, it muddies up the conversation. Yeah. For conversation, and then what happens is, folks who I would say are possibly uh, nines and sixes that are typing, say as four, will not relate to the meme, and will say, "Hey, this is kind of 
this feels like it's casting me in poor light. So this is an unhealthy version of four that you're describing, and I'm a healthy four. Right. And that, so that's, that kind of creates a split that lets yeah. them continue to identify with the type that they think they They're are. They're probably a nine. They're probably a they nine. They want to identify as a four, as an individualist or an individual. Yeah, or, or someone something. with all the feels. Someone or, with all the feels. Um, so I wonder, if, I wonder if this idea of a healthy seven, this is just not productive at all even to think about this, but like I wonder what, is it almost always going to be nines? I don't know who are saying that's. I'm, but I'm a healthy seven. What I, type I mean, of thing? But I'm a healthy seven. I, uh, well, yeah. What? Okay. Well, what do I? So here's. Hmm, I don't even know what people think a healthy seven is. Let's see. Type seven goes to five mm-hmm. in health. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's maybe a seven. That's a little bit more focused, or is able to appreciate the little things. Um. Maybe a seven that is able to finish a book. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, I mean, tons of sevens are voracious readers and don't yeah. have a problem finishing books. Um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what's being said with that. But I don't want to say, like, okay, if someone says that they're a healthy seven, that means they're a nine or a six. Like, that's not what we're saying. I think a lot of people that think they're sevens are probably nines who are positive types yeah. and warm and want to create a positive yeah. vibe for everyone. Um, or six swing sevens, which obvi- often look pretty. They're very heady. It's very quick energy. Yeah. Um, like a lot of comedians and talk show hosts are six swing sevens. Yeah. Um, because, you know, six is like this central hub of mental activity mm-hmm. is pinging off everyone. So it's really great for kind of centralizing conversation, keeping all kind of things moving forward. And then seven keeps that light and happy and fun. Like and I imagine Stephen Colbert being a six swing seven. You think? Yeah, uh, we watched a video of him the other day, and I don't, I don't know what I think. I don't. Okay. I'm trying to be less. I think I've heard it said that Oprah is a six wing seven. I think any grammars have her mm-hmm. as a six wing seven. I thought we, we always go Oprah's the three, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I we need would, answers from you, Daniel. Yeah, you need answers <laughs> from me here. I got to perform Enneagram <laughs> expert for you. Here I come. No, I think the trippy thing about the Enneagram is. This, this idea, I wouldn't want anybody to be too worried about it, but I'd want everybody to have a little bit of concern and curiosity about typing right, quote unquote. I, 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 I really do feel like I'm appropriately landing on nine these days. And then our For next episode type. might be nines. And these, these years where I was identifying as a five, I, it just is a real, real bizarre mind thing to get into this headspace of health and stress because hmm. I probably didn't understand the concept and I'm still only medium understanding the concept. Mm-hmm. And I, okay. So I'm telling myself I'm a five and then I'm telling myself that I need to go to seven in stress and eight in health. Yes. And so I guess it was saying like when I'm strong and advocating for myself, I'm going to eight in health as a five. And then mm-hmm. if I'm having fun and like getting distracted, <laughs> that means I'm in unhealth and I'm unhealth. a seven and I'm, wow, you Ooh, know, Scott stress. Look at how much fun he's I having. know it was a real weird <laughs> zone to be in. Um, I thought like, oh, it means when I'm drinking too much or I'm watching TV, that means I'm disintegrating to seven and I'm falling apart. And it was such a strange story to tell myself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could, we, I mean, you could also take that and be like, oh, look, there's nine dissociating into TV and mm-hmm, drinking mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm, um, there's mm-hmm. just different ways to spin it. Um, yeah, but then it does create this, th- it, especially for the five, 
um, or people that whether or not they're fives typing as five and identifying with the story of in health, I got to go to eight. Yeah. It is like kind of people use eight, whether they're typing as the, like I'm a core eight or whatever as like their free pass to advocate for themselves. Yeah. And advocating for yourself is not a wrong thing. You also don't need to be an eight to advocate for yourself, right, which right. is why I, I, what I think a lot of people use it for. And it's like, I'm just going to speak my truth uh, yeah. and uh, not let anyone tell an me excuse. what to do. Um, yeah, so it, that, that's an interesting thing to think about. But also, like, a, a, a twisty thing with all of this is that this kind of misunderstanding or, like, conflation of what, we're, what we mean by health. Mm-hmm. Because, like, uh, it's this weird logical thing of, like, okay, so that you have this, like, growth point and stress point. Growth seems like a healthy thing, so it's healthy to be at your growth point. Um, but then that is also conflating like the levels of health right. that uh, Riso and Hudson came up with right. in the wisdom of the Enneagram, or they might've come up with it before that book, but that's a different thing where health is that your degree of self-awareness and de-identifying with your personality patterns. Yeah. So you can see your patterns playing out and you're not saying, Oh, this is me. I have to defend this. You can just let the patterns play themselves right. without getting wrapped up into the reactivity of it, it doesn't mean the patterns stop. Yeah. And so people will say, I don't do this thing anymore because I'm a healthy right. nine. And it's like, that's not what healthy nine means. Healthy <laughs> nine means that you see it happening and you're like, that's happening. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. And I, and I'm not deluding myself about thinking that it's not happening anymore. So if you've practiced is- your whole life, it's almost like riding a bike. Like I played the piano in high school. It's like, sometimes I really can get, like, I can play Blackbird by the Beatles on my guitar. It's so strange. It's like it's the only song I can play, and I don't even play it well. But I can go for, like, two years not it's playing not guitar. It's not the only song you can play. Right. I can play. I mean, I can play some chords. It's the only, like, thing I can pluck or something, okay. you know. But, like, um, uh, I get back on, and the muscle memory is there. And mm-hmm. our, our whole personality seems to be a giant, ginormous muscle memory machine. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, there might not be too many things problematic about this personality muscle memory machine so don't worry about too much but just just pay attention muscles yeah just be aware (laughs) yeah and you can use different muscles you can learn different songs Mm -hmm. yeah it is that thing and then i mean we talked i think towards the end of last episode but instead of like stress and growth these are all just different words we can use but i like to think of it in terms of like a muscle it flexes and it relaxes Mm, Um, and both of those are just different like that deproblematizes the imagery because there's not anything bad about being flexed or yeah. better about being relaxed. Yes. It, if you want to lift up something, your muscles are going to need to flex. And when you need to rest your muscles, they're going to need to relax. So it's just different things. And this is the thing of it is, uh, uh, I think I like that image of a muscle for the, like the growth line or the, the lines of any type, because I think it's a, a lot quicker process than we tend to think of it. Yes. Like it is like as a nine, on even on like a microsecond level, as I'm having interactions with people, I'm kind of playing this really rapid dance between six and three, six and three, six nine three, six nine three, 
Um, I said that thing. Oh my gosh, did that come across the right way? I'm all of a sudden down in six. I'm going to correct it. I'm going to switch over to three and present myself in a more condensed way that they can now approve of me in this way. And it's this constant thing. And I think every type is doing that dance along the way. Yeah, lines. I'm going to show up as a solid person three and then disintegrate back and disappear again and come back whoop, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. disappear again. Whoop. And now I'm going to react, react to six again. So, you know, one could think of a, a five just to go back to that example. Five, this kind of single laser point of attention, mm-hmm. mental activity on a single singular goal. That's a, it's a, it's a very myopic way of kind of beholding reality through this like tiny little straw yes. tube kind of yes. a thing. Yes. And so for five to go to seven and stress is for that laser point to have to pay attention to all of these other things. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's like yeah. stressful and a, a laser point trying to like take in. So is that the flex? That would be the flex point. Okay, it's like okay. the laser point is trying too hard to take in everything through just this tiny little <laughs> laser point. <laughs> uh, there and then over here. It's like, oh, that's so stressful. And that that is a profound image. That makes so much sense to me mm. of like, first of all, as somebody that I guess pretended to be a five for a long time, I really got immersed in the five descriptions. Yeah. And, and, and now in retrospect, now I see that I fully didn't understand the five descriptions and now I see really what fives were doing. So for me, it's, it's like somebody that just likes to absorb information, but it is so spacious and very, very rarely drilled down. Yours feels more like that seven buffet, all the things, here's a fun idea. I mean, six swing seven, I would think for you, but it's still that like it verges towards, Oh, here's a new fun thing. We'll play with it for a while. You kind of get bored with it and move on. Another fun thing yeah. comes up. Because I'm reading this Adam Phillips stuff, and if if I, I really am paying more attention to the way it makes me feel. Mm. Uh, and if somebody said, well, do you understand exactly what he said? Do you understand Freudian psychoanalysis? Do you understand dreams? I'm like, I, 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 I kind of do. I mean, I've never read Interpretation of Dreams. Like, well, then why are you enjoying this? Like, don't you want to go read Freud now? And I'm like, maybe someday. Yeah. But that's not what I'm thinking about as I read it. I'm like, yeah. whoa, I really do feel like my my head is floating away. I'm like, whoa, this is fun. Yay. <laughs> Which, like, I guess I'll say, like, five definitely can be self-indulgent as a mental style. And, you know, maybe they can be having fun with it. But it is this thing of, like, and this is kind of me as I'm overhearing you guys talk about Adam Phillips, is it's like, yeah, I kind of have a vague understanding of what Freud was talking about and these mm-hmm. other various theorists that are kind of preceding him. But I'm like, I can listen to these words and make my own meaning of it. But in my mental center, being six swing five, if I really wanted to like have an experience with what you're reading, I'd be like, okay, I would really, to, to, to fully do it the quote unquote right way, yeah. I would need to make a list of all the theorists that influence Adam Phillips, <laughs> right. read through what they were saying, find right. out what their, their flaws were, what their, yeah, yeah. what <laughs> I could see you what they too. contributed. And then yeah. kind of it's building towards this like finite little tiny pinprick point of understanding, <laughs> um, which is with I mean, almost a fantasy in your mind someday that you'll be able to duel with Adam Phillips or something. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, maybe that might be some sick stuff of like, are you actually right or wrong? But the, with five and all the three rejection types, so five, eight, and two, what they're each doing is it's kind of a leverage point. Yeah. Like leverage is a great way to think about a leverage what those point. are doing. So with five, five and two. if you get These all... These are rejection types? Yeah, rejection okay. types. And, and that's the object relational yeah. um, triad. But f- 
five mental center, if you can drill in all the time, the way down and get to the, the, the origin of an idea and see what it was or see the void before it came into being, you might find something different that'll completely upend what we thought it even was. Yeah. And it's this kind of like total reframing from going in towards the very tiny root beginning place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a key kind of, you get yes, yes. towards this tiny little prick and you put it in and then you twist it and all of a sudden treasures like, open. Yeah. For like, it's like a, it's like a domino effect almost. Hmm. Um, and, but, uh, but it really made sense when you did even this gesture, because if everybody is here watching, you could see like that. I really felt like I got something when you said it like this, this narrow thing. And we're talking about flexing and going to seven. So instead of this beautiful sort of expanding the aperture, mm-hmm. it's that it's that zeroed in looking around so quickly, but with just the tiny mm-hmm. reference point or whatever, right. or those, the closed aperture. Going microscopic. You could just take the camera yeah. away out from your face and just look at everything, but you're darting around right. stressfully. Well, and that's kind of the difference between the passion versus the uh, essence. Mm-hmm. So like with five, the essence is insight. So kind of that, the constantly unfolding newness of reality that there's always, it's all kind of emanating from something mysterious and unknown. Where is this table? Like what is causing it? to like exist here where where's it coming out of into this new moment and this new moment that's like what what even is this question that we're asking it's like in the molecules of it and like what what is it Um, what is table and so five goes well to figure that out i gotta really drill in and figure like yeah what's the biggest field okay science physics okay how does it work physics smaller and you get in and in and, and figure it out um and you can do some stuff with it but let's see what is the passion of it's uh, uh, avarice. Avarice. So it is this kind of. I, I mean, that's kind of an interesting word to use. Greed. It's is the same it's as greed? greed. Or is that seven? Greed? No, avarice? no. Yeah. Uh, gluttony would gluttony. be seven. Okay. I think to. I, I'm. I'm not quite sure how to. Avaricious. Key in avarice to this, but is this this kind of like? It's kind of an a, a, a reverse of of gluttony in a way. It's like this tiny again pinprick word keeps coming up it's like a pinprick of of interest in a way like being so withholding of your own interest and attention that it can only be afforded to this one tiny little molecule microscopic thing and so this is why like you know this is why five and seven are connected because type seven all of the big buffet sometimes you do need to give something sustained focus and stuff. Yeah. So that's why when seven goes to point five in relax, seven isn't so uh, uh, frenetically trying to create multiplicities of options for themselves. You can say, oh, I've got this one thing here and this is what I'm going to enjoy. Yeah. And uh, I can really actually soak into this and find infinite enjoyment from this one thing. They're just like opposite polarity of, of the same... Oh man, thing. this is just endlessly interesting. Um, let's see. Make a note for minute seventeen in your head. Minute seventeen. Uh, Leah's daughter said she's going to stop by and pick something up at four. So that's like in three or four minutes. So right. I think we'll just probably pause for pause. a second. I don't even know if we need to stop recording. No, we can just yeah. Because I think on. we have two hours worth of space yeah. on here. Um, but we'll just pay attention when she shows up. We'll be like, her name's Leah. She's really sweet. Great. Um, Okay, so 
we'll get back to it. Um, so it's really interesting, and this isn't really having to do with like uh, stress or uh, health or unhealth or anything like that, but like it's just I even said that like I was talking to one of my friends who's a seven the other day, and it's like he has this vision with his wife who identifies as a two of within the next two or three years, essentially having a house in Lake Tahoe, a house in Seattle, a house in Spain and a house in New York. And their vision is to basically be able to bounce around all those places and travel all. And it's, it's just interesting to see what a human mind and body Mm. can create for their lives of like, he already travels so much and he, and he's continuing to just, and it's, there's nothing wrong with it, Mm -hmm. but it's just interesting. I just thought about this idea of like, or you could just be happy with the house you have in the city you live in. Right. Oh. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with having all that property in those houses. It's just interesting. Yeah, no, it's it's just kind of different ways of doing it. Whereas, like, I know of this five who was on a, a YouTube, uh, like, interview, Enneagram interview channel or whatever. Um Adam Levine. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, uh, oh. Josh Levine. Josh, Josh Levine. Levine. Like, not Adam. Five? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah, go look up Josh Levine if you are looking for new, fresh Enneagram content. But, um, this five was interviewed and like, my name's Jesse. I don't want to be identified anywhere past that. Uh, Ah. you don't know where in the world I am. Ah. I'm an artist. Good luck finding my art. Oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is like, you know, people will be like, yeah, I'm withdrawn. I'm kind of an introvert. I, I think a lot of people are not aware of quite how withdrawn fives are. Yeah. Um, and we don't have really ref- many reference point for understanding what Because they're not is. really out here. They're not out here. Yeah. <laughs> like there's this one, uh, have you heard of the the uh, director Terrence Malick? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, that seems like a five. I feel like maybe five-ish. a five, yeah. Just yeah. like he's given like three interviews ever mm-hmm. um, and will disappear for like 10 years yeah. and then come out with another movie. And it's like, where did this come from? Where was the press releases? Where was, where, where do we know about you making this? Yeah. Nope. And he, like he invented back in like, I forget when this movie was, was made, but it was called days of summer. And it's yeah. about like life on like the, the, in the dust bowl, I think, and wow. like on the prairies. And he invented a new method of filming that let him film in low light. So like those scenes at like dawn and dusk, he yeah. could really get these amazing, beautiful shots of these like rolling grasslands. Because I think he was a rising. cinematographer first and then he became yeah. a director. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The first movie I saw of his was called The Thin Red Line. It was just like this oh. four hour war movie. And I was like, I took it. I took a date on it. I was like, afterwards, I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be like that. <laughs> um. Right, I mean that there. This like yeah. four-hour film yeah. of like diving into the war, and it's going to be gritty, and it's going to have all of these details, and it's yeah. going to be. Um, Tim Burton's another like reference point for mm. a five mm. director that's a bit more popular. He's social right. sexual, so about as like outgoing as a five can be. Yeah. Um, but also really obscure, obscure and, and weird. And that thing with the rejection, the lever point, is it is like with Terrence Malick and inventing a new way of doing film. It's like. That's a lever point. That's that gives oh. him something that has never been done before, and that if if he could like really go into the technology and figure out a way to do it differently, he might unlock a whole new so, genre. So of, say more about the lever. What is it? What is the lever? Lever. Okay, so think about like what is a lever? It's like you have like a picture a rock on a table, and you can ha- put a beam on it. Yeah, and. Because of the way leverage works, I'm not really a physics person, yeah. but because of somehow the way the leverage works, yeah. you can have a big thing 
and you put a, a stick under it, yeah. and you push on the other end of the oh. stick, and it lets you have a disproportionate amount of influence on something okay, okay. based on the effort you're putting into it. Okay, so now I'm just a little distracted. I, I, how, does, how, does the, how does it work for fives, eights, and twos? I just want yeah, to let's, know Yeah, I mean, let's <laughs> meander to that. Yeah. Okay, so we've kind of already gotten to the five stuff. So you could think about five, seven, two, you're each doing leverage in their center. So five yeah. in the mind... Uh, leverage in the mind, eight is leverage in the body, two is leverage in the heart. Okay, okay. So I, even I also there's to tell there's a little something in me, this could be moving to six of some kind of like wanting wanting some tools to be pay attention to these eights and twos and what how might they might be trying to leverage me or something. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I know what you're doing. You're doing your lever thing. <laughs> you're pulling those levers. Yeah. Not with me, Not buddy. Not with me. <laughs> 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 I would be prepared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not going to happen. Yeah. So, I mean, five, one, they're double withdrawn. Um, and, and with rejection, we're talking about this rejection affect, which is this kind of, uh, oh gosh, someday we got to have Mason to talk about like object relations and what are we, what do we mean by object relations yeah. with the Enneagram? So just British object relations. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just like in short, so all three of these types, really it's, it's, it's about how does the, uh, the psychological pattern become um, conditioned to relate to the object. Okay. So I, I'm, I as the psyche, I'm a subject, you as mother and then other figures and then yes. everyone becomes the object. Yes. And the way I relate to you is my affect. And so that triad yes. of elements becomes the object relations. Ooh boy. In this Ooh in this boy. in this schema of yeah. theory. Um and so five, seven, or sorry, five, eight, two, rejection. Uh what they're doing is okay, uh hurt is experienced in between me and the object. Um, I'm going to cut off the part of myself that was hurt so that you can't oh. have leverage over me. Oh. And so as that happens progressively over time, the psyche that's able to relate to other people gets kind of smaller and smaller and smaller because you're limiting yourself to how can I have influence over other, uh, over object yeah. in a way that object doesn't have influence <laughs> over me. Object table. Object, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, so <laughs> this is very playful and silly, but like is a two sort of stressed out potentially about being overdone in terms of, or outdone in terms of love. I think so. And giving like, well, not only about, it's cause that's their lever or whatever. Like they're not expecting that in return. I don't know. Not. Ex- okay. So it, you can look at it competitively, maybe yeah. more as a social for a social type. That's like, Actually, I don't know. I don't stand behind that. But okay. <laughs> two is wanting to like be the most loving, but it's also because it's this leverage thing. It's like my role in relation to you, like think of leverage is also like height over someone or like power over yeah. someone, capacity over someone. So if you can love me back, that means you have leverage right. back on me. Right. So I need to like keep you. It's winning it's, at love. It's something. like this kind of like um, mother, very archetypic archetypically symbolically this mother that says i breastfeed you you don't you don't feed me mm. i'm the one that's feeding you and if you start getting yourself into positions where you're breastfeeding me back that's not like all i know how to be in relation to you is this nurturing breast wow. so if you wow, are wow, wow. if you're nurturing me that's 
existential crisis. But it's ambivalence too, right? Because it's sort of this give to get. So at some point they're going to have some ambivalence about what am I getting, do you think? I think what I'm getting is affirmation that this is the role I should be playing. Okay, okay. Or appreciation? Appreciation. I want you to look adoringly at me (laughs) as your mother that is giving you all of these things and that is forever um, giving. So, like, I think this is where I think, like, sixes and nines, maybe some threes too, but, like, especially just always the attachment types Mm -hmm. have different ways of mistaking themselves as hexatypes. So... A, a, a attachment way of thinking about it is like, I've given you all these things. Now you need to give things back to me. Um, mm. And so a nine might say like, I've done the dishes for you. Right. I've, I t- got you these awesome gifts for you on your birthday. Again, three and six can also say that. Um, so where's, where's all that in return to me? And yeah. so people would say, I'm a two because I'm expecting return for all these wonderful things I do. The two is saying, I don't, well, okay, I'm speaking for twos. I'm not a two. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but the way I make sense of it is that a two is less wanting that reciprocated and more being like, I want you to just like know that I'm the only person that can bri- provide this stuff for you and to be endlessly grateful that I'm ooh, the only person that ooh. can give this to oh, you. Oh, so it's oh, like, that's oh, why it's oh, pride oh, yeah, is, is yeah, their passion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does that make, does that yep. hit on something? Yep, yep. That makes a lot of sense. Gosh, now I'm really, and so... Well, well, side note, one thing I just had a thought of an image coming to my head of like in the early days of the podcast, we did have types on to interview, like, what is it like to be a two? And these are all just friends of ours that we don't know for sure if they were may, maybe, maybe not your sister in particular has been Sibling. on as every type <laughs> sibling. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You've been on as a first as a two, right? And then as a, I think, I think we started as a one and then oh, an yeah. eight and then maybe now we think Hannah's a six or something. I, I think Hannah's a six wing seven recently. Hannah, okay. I don't know if you still listen to this. I've been wondering if they're a nine as well. So, okay. Okay. It's, it's, so curiosity. all that to say it's curiosity and it would be fun maybe to do another round of interviews and really get heavy, heavy quotes, the real types on here not just our yeah. friends and have you there. Like, so the three of us would interview mm. a two and I would almost be like, you're driving the interview with some of your insight, but we're here to add the curiosity and the, and the whatever, but yeah, I mean, I would almost think more like you to you interviewing and then me kind of providing like contextual things. I, I don't know. I feel kind of awkward in terms oh, of... Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. We we would be interviewing. Yeah. I mean, that would be really fun to do like kind of type, you know, accurate uh, typed conversations. I've, you know, for a while I was like, I've gotten so good at accurately typing people. I haven't. Like, I'm, I'm really bad at it. Like, well, you'll be like, I wonder what, like, you'll show me a YouTube clip of some person and be like, what do you think this person is? I'm like, uh, honestly, I'm torn between like two or three types here. Yeah. Um, You're a little less certain, more curious these days. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, so I don't know what that, what that would look like. Um, well, we, we could probably find people that seem to have a robust understanding of their type. And we have generally heavy, heavy quotes, playfully screened the person. Yeah, like, yeah. We really all do three, three of us think this person's a real two. Yeah. Let's have them on. That would be real. Because you cool. don't even think Beatrice is a two, right? Or would you take that back? I don't think Beatrice is okay. a two. Uh, it, maybe a six? Yeah, maybe a six. It, <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I I don't think she's a two. I don't get. Um, it's wild to seems me that like Neuronio Neuronio and Beatrice could be the heads of these things, writing books and going to conferences and seminars, and 
and mistyped. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it is like the first pr- the first people that put together dinosaur skeletons put them together wrong. Yeah, they did huh. foundational huh. work to helping us understand these big giant yeah. lizard birds from the past, but also they the first. The mock-ups aren't always right. You know, the rough drafts aren't always. I want some sort of fail-safe key hmm. to help us know. I don't even know what I'm saying here. To help us know that we haven't gone down the wrong path. I mean, because essentially like, okay, so I, I was able to say at one point, I'm I'm not a five, I'm a nine. and he, but But even then I still could be wrong. And there's something... Mm. about our egos that doesn't want to admit that we're wrong. The biggest case being, which would be a fun episode someday, Ian Morgan Crump. So like he's gone so far down the path of a four. It's his whole brand. I think there would be something very strong and admirable about him finally coming out and saying, I've written all these books, realize I actually am a nine. And I think in his mind, the stories I'm telling himself is he would lose credibility. I do have Mm. a really funny cartoonish image of him being in bed crying every night, knowing he's a nine and can't admit it because he's created <laughs> such a strong brand. <laughs> like, I, we, like you, you know you're a nine. And you're usually, it's like, there's just no way. Four would be the last thing you are knowing about fours now. The last. There, there'd be six other numbers at least that you should entertain before you think you're four. But yeah, how, how do you, what's, how, how could you ensure that you don't do that? How could we ensure we don't become Ian Morgan Cron? Gosh, <laughs> that is a good question. I mean, I think People? a big, I, I, this is why I think I predicated so much of our content with the essential qualities because mm-hmm. just like sitting in those, those very abstract vibes, but like sitting there kind of helps you to, to start figuring out what is that, I mean, the essence yeah. of these of these things that we're describing. And it's not just like uh, a memeifiable uh, little persona to take on. It's yeah. like this whole archetypal structure. Um, and so uh, for me, like everything that you're describing uh, or trying to make sense of yourself as you're learning about your Enneagram type should ultimately be able to be... Um, made sense of with your essential quality. And then also like, just like these various triads that we've like, we've uh, long ago, I had this dream that when we, when I kind of started coming on to no small thing in a more regular way, like I would like lay out this big methodical, uh, like series of lessons on how to learn about like all the triads in order. And then like, (laughs) we would all have the common language to like talk about this stuff. And that just, has gotten like, that's so monotonous and not a fun way to get into this stuff. So I just feel like over the next while, we'll just slowly in bits and pieces tease this stuff out. We've talked about rejection. We've talked a little bit about object relations. Mm -hmm. Um, But these, you know, we, last retreat, Mace and I were talking about the math of the Enneagram. Math Um, of the Enneagram, yes. It's like geometry. Yes. And there are very kind of consistent uh, rules yeah. And uh, patterns to yeah. the way this stuff all interacts with one another. Yeah. And so starting just like you don't have to be uh, a boring, like stodgy theorist about it. Yeah. Um, but having some understanding of how these triangles all work together is super, super helpful. If we can go circle back around and sort of try to define oh, health yeah. and stress. Is it? Is those the two words? Let's say growth and stress. Growth and stress. Or... Uh, uh, relax and flex. Yeah. 
two other words we've used. Um, and then defining it. And then what you said earlier that was sort of an aha moment for me, which was it can happen in an instant. Mm. I kind of thought the way I was reading it, especially in those early days of the wisdom in the Enneagram, that like you were spending a lifetime working on getting to health. Mm. And once you've worked for years and years and years, you've gotten to health. Or if you have never looked at the Enneagram, if you've never looked at the Enneagram and you have no self-awareness, you're just naturally an unhealthy type mm. or something like that. I mean, I, I do think that, you know, Don and Reese, Don, I don't know. I, it's mm. funny. I, I always fuck up their, their names. Um, <laughs> they do kind of say like people, like the majority of people and really don't hear your, like the majority of people besides me, the majority mm. of people, including you. Yeah. Uh, are operating at average levels. We're of, also of average health, and basic. Which which means we are quite identified with our personality patterns. Yeah. And that's just like to say, like, start watching yourself. See that when something upsets you, you automatically start reacting against it and create narratives around why you're justified in your reactions. Yeah. Um, and maybe you are justified in your actions, but it's the identification with that story that is that is what is being um attention is being put on that by this idea of being a healthy type. Mm -hmm. And to be a healthy type is simply to have a great degree of space between your reactions and your sense of self. So Mm -hmm. the reactions are all still happening. Personality patterns are still happening. Instinctual priorities are still happening, but there's space between that and your sense of self. So you're less uh, caught up in it. And I mean, really like listener, if you want, like, Flex your like texts and and your shoulders and feel I'm the tension it. in your neck like <sighs> that kind of feeling of I need to defend white knuckling white knuckling yeah um that's kind of what that stress point or flex point is getting at is that like I need to just be stronger and do it better and this thing that I've been doing this pattern I just need to like push it through a little bit harder so I can mm. get through this next challenge um and it's like the challenges are going to be here regardless and honestly sometimes to be relaxed will help you navigate some of these situations with more flexibility you you know you can't sometimes you know we did yoga yesterday and it's like sometimes it's going to be easier for you to do a certain move with your body um if that part of your body is relaxed rather than really straining to get it done Um, And so our personality is the same way. It's like a pattern that can be in a really stressed, tight, flexing, straining um, cycle of patterning, or it can, and not even, or it's like, and it can be loose and relaxed. You can um, run a hundred meter race with a lot of tension in your muscles and you can run fast. You can also run the same race with looseness and openness in your chest and in your hips and stuff. They're different ways of running. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Is this nine advice? What do you mean? I think it's advice for everyone. Relax. Relax. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I, you know, in, in some ways, like nine represents laxness at the other. But I mean, if we're looking at it in terms of stress and relaxation or stress, growth, uh, flex, relaxation, um, nine relaxation or nine calmness is a very, tends to be a pretty stressed relaxation because if anything comes in that's no longer calm or peaceful 
Yeah. Nope, there's no problem here. That doesn't have yeah. to be a problem. Why or are you? Don't you dare ruin my relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's this whole thing of like. Well, then is it actually relaxing or is it? Yeah. 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 yeah no, a, a truly relaxed, peaceful state of awareness would have spaciousness for yeah. disruptions. Woo. 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 Yeah. So, so let's, for some reason, I'm arbitrarily picking on a one, but like not picking okay. on one, but picking one. Yeah. Like, so one would be four and seven. Yep. So what, what in your mind, it, it, it's really funny because if you're not the type, you really have to use your imagination. Yeah. But what in your mind is stress and health for, or growth and, and stress? Growth, growth and stress. Yeah. Growth yeah. and stress for a one. Okay. So let's, let's start by kind of just a brief mm-hmm. uh, defining our terms. What are we talking about by one? Mm-hmm. So body type, mm-hmm. this is a body type, uh, that is frustrated. Yeah. So it's relation to object is, um, object is not good enough. Yeah. And so that, that kind of puts the subject or the sense of I as kind of the standard for proper, how things ought to be. I know how things ought to be. I know the care and attention I should be getting better than you. And so in fact, I'm just going to have to provide it for myself. I'm going to have to do it. Yeah. And that's uh, the frustration types are one, seven and four. And so one, as the body type of frustration is, um, is the body of frustration. So both of its lines are also frustration type. So that's interesting to take in. They're also a competency type. So they're keeping themselves level, neutral, mechanical to try to work through what it's trying to do. Yeah. What else do we have? We have a super ego type. So they're a super ego type. So all of the stuff is combining into this type that in the body is doing propriety, rightness, how things ought to be (sighs) by being level and consistent and mechanical and efficient. Yeah. And using that system to how things ought to be in a right, proper way. Yeah. Um, and so the essence is integrity. So it's kind of the like alignment, the, the natural boundaries of matter and energy that create coherence out of reality. Yeah. So um, my atoms can't go through the atoms of this table because yeah. there's a, just an essential integrity to how things yeah. interact. It's not all fog. Mm-hmm. Um, one is trying to do integrity through its, its patterned functions and stuff mm-hmm. conditioning. And the result of that is extreme anger because a personality ultimately is not an omnipotent force. It can't right. create integrity. Yeah. And so and it's sort of repressed anger that flares up, right? Yeah. There's a lot of discussion about what exactly this repressed anger of one is. Cause on the one hand you get lots of, especially nines, who are probably nine wing ones that because of the way nine is trying to not make problems has a lot of repressed anger of their own. And they will often think that they're ones because they're like, I've got a lot of, I I withhold so many things that I could be angry about and I'm just trying to do it right. And this is why I'm a one I've, I've, but one, the other thing that really comes up for one is the inner critic stuff. Yeah. So, I, I'm trying so hard to be a good person. And I'm always failing. And I'm always beating myself up. My inner critic is so mean to me. Um, that again is not really one because one, as you, we started with body and frustration, they are the standard. One is the standard of how things ought to be. Their parents never were, were incompetent. This is like, of course the one narrative, right. My parents were incompetent. They didn't know shit. They didn't know what they were doing. I had to be the one that would provide order and consistency in all of my relationships. And so, Everything's measuring up to me. 
I am this, I, I, you're not good enough for how things ought to be according to my bodily sense of how things ought to be. Woo. Um, (laughs) which is, that's my wing. That's tech. I guess your wing. Yeah. Um, and so where were we with all that? I guess we're trying to look at how does Growth that relate and stress, yeah. to great. So, okay. That was that's nice. A nice little, more than a, than a small it's overview. Beautiful. Though. I mean, overview. if somebody was listening to you and is a one or want to know about ones, they just got some information about ones. And great. now I, I guess, let me just, let me just eke in a little, please dose of curiosity there. Like that was a, that was another aha moment potentially for me. What, what are you talking about with this inner critic? Cause I thought that's the be- biggest meme oh. of the one. I was like the inner critic. And if somebody was like a one, I go, Oh, do you have a harsh inner critic? They go, I do. I do have a harsh inner critic. I'm like, Oh, you're a one. You must be a one. The one is the harsh inner critic. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's awful. That looks ugly. Um, those things over here that people are caring about are insufficient in, you're not you're not achieving certain aims well enough. I don't know. I'm kind of spitballing and not so, doing so. So you're job. you're you're saying they're 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 not filled with as much inner shame as we think here's, they might here, have. Yeah. Here's what I'll say: is like the the personality system is keeping things. It's competency. Things are on such tight lockdown. The one is very rarely straying from the standard that they're imposing on everything else. It's not so like they would not need to feel up. like they have no. a harsh inner critic. They the are first, measuring up. They're measuring up. Yeah. Nothing else is measuring up to the one. <laughs> right. But so I guess I imagine the inner critic started criticizing and they started measuring up to the inner critic. And now the inner critic's quiet because they're measuring up. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a way of putting it. So like, here's like a weird, super like uh, sublimated wing one version of oneness for okay. me. So like I, I'm into like ancient stuff Yeah, and along the way at some point I decided, Hey, I want to start cooking with generally ingredients that are going to be met like were available to people in the ancient Mediterranean or the closest modern equivalents. So I started, that's that's nine fantasy stuff. I'm kind of playing around, but it's become this very (laughs) like prohibitive rule for myself that like, I, I simply do not cook with things that are not from, that aren't derived from things that would have been available to ancient Mediterranean people. And it creates all of these crazy limitations for myself because I also love modern kind of Americana, like fall vibes. So like pumpkins and stuff, pumpkins are a new world thing. You can't get a pumpkin in the ancient world. So I'm now I have this like tension of like, do I enjoy the pumpkin spice latte nope. or do I adhere to this arbitrary thing? So this is like a, a nine version of the oneness, but the a true one, let's say that they made their thing, this ancient Mediterranean cooking thing. It's like, I'm not criticizing for myself or, oh, I, I ate a pumpkin again and I shouldn't because I'm only eating Mediterranean ingredients. It's just I simply I not. do not eat anything that isn't from the Mediterranean. <laughs> yeah. um, and so that's that's that kind of thing with like morality or aesthetics especially. Yeah. It, for some reason, one kind of has a lot of aesthetic stuff that pops up and it's just like this is how things should be. That is objectively bad music and I don't listen to it. It does make me wonder about my son Jack sometimes, who does identify as a one, as a one, and I think maybe he is a one. Maybe he's a one. Yeah. Um, so then, so then so, I, one thing that's been coming up for me. This is like, we, are we, we going to keep straying? The girl? <laughs> we keep straying. But like nine wing one for me, I, this might be the 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 nine passive aggressive way of saying it. Something keeps flying up for me. I don't even mean to say it, but things I've been saying these days is that's not how I would do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it, it's a passive aggressive criticism. Instead of saying that's wrong, 
I, I go, that's yeah. not how I would do it. And some people look at me and go, uh, <laughs> they don't know how to respond to that. Yeah, like, like, I understand you wouldn't do that way. I happen to be doing it that way. And, yeah. I, and I'm just looking at it aghast being that's not how I would do it. <laughs> I mean, and for me, like so much of what I think of you, especially if you go back and listen to some of the like more strange oddball, no small thing yeah. episodes, like snacks yeah. or style or music or whatever these things, you have you do have these very particular... Um, <laughs> Opinions of how things ought to go, yeah, or yeah. how someone should cross a crosswalk. Yeah, yeah, that's and such a good one. it's kind of Seinfeldian. Yeah, and Seinfeld is a six, but he's got a a one fix yeah. as well. Yeah, and I think that's part of the appeal is he's able to do these really hilarious bits of just like really drilling down to like, no, this is an objective thing. She, yeah. Things should not be done this way. She eats her peas one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's, that's one, one stuff there. Um, okay. So, so growth, growth, so and growth, stress. growth and stress here. Uh, what are we? I'm saying? discarding eight more curiosities right now. Okay. Well, <laughs> someday. Wait, well, one, here's one, <laughs> one more. Let me just ask this one more. Yeah, yeah. Who, who, who in the world in pop culture is a real one? Like who's a real one? Do we know a real mine, one? Mine goes blank here. Let me pull up my uh, spreadsheet here. Okay. I guess as you're doing that, I will say I am a little bit uh, um, needy. I, I don't know what the word is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Peterson. A social oh. self-prez one. Oh, my One gosh. wing two. Big gut punch to my freaking chest, that guy, Jordan Peterson. Yeah, these ones out here, Jordan Peterson is wanting it up everywhere he goes. Spraying uh, oneness everywhere. Who does he think he is? <laughs> I, there's this great YouTube. Uh, He's been saying a lot of weird stuff about gender lately. He's so emotional and worked up about gender. And it's like, but it's, and it's this thing of like the proper way to talk about gender roles. The proper roles. way. I can't even do a good Canadian accent on Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Oh, gosh. But uh, yeah, so a one, a social one. Because it's like it's oneness. He's he's dealing with his social self pres needs. So what is social self pres? Social is like the the sphere of human interaction and relationship. Mm-hmm. Self pres is kind of balance and consistency and routine and stuff. Yeah. And so he's trying to create a routine system for human relationship and behavior and belonging. And he's doing that through a one lens of saying, "I will teach you the proper way." <laughs> now I'm gonna I'm also gonna punch up for a second, really quick. This is a punching up because this person is way way more successful than me in life and it's another white man white man punch up but like i I had this acquaintance who was my brother's good friends my friend's good friends but acquaintance meaning i knew him in high school and he's now a very pretty successful public comedian named jeff die and all of us growing up are watching him he's like he was on last comic standing and Mm. then he had a a reality show Mm -hmm. and he's like just really out there very very successful comedian okay and I watched his stand-up, and for the longest time, we were like, oh, a Kent, hometown hero, success. Right. And we'd watch him be like, Man, he's really funny. He's really funny. Yeah. And now I watch him, and I'm like, I text my brother Shane all the time, like, what has gone, what has happened to Jeff Dye? Like, his comedy is so bad. <laughs> and it usually is like this kind of like aghast comedy of like, and he's in clubs. He's posting clips of himself all the time at clubs. Like now you can just wear a dress and be asked to call a man and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
It's men and women, and it's like he's he his whole shtick right now, and it's strange because he's in Hollywood and everything is like aghast at gender, and he's like, "There's nothing wrong with it. You can have a beard and call yourself a woman, but oh, that's weird, right?" Well, I'm just saying it's weird, you know, and and you're like, "What?" And then the other day I saw him post, and he's like, attending attending a seminar from one of my favorite people, Jordan Peterson, and I was like, "Oh, oh it there all clicks we into go. Place. There yeah. we go." And yeah. Jeff Dye is probably a seven in my mind, but. Somehow he's latching on to that Jordan Peterson content yeah. and then turn it into comedy. And it's yeah. not funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. Um, yeah. Jordan Peterson. <laughs> he's okay. So in terms of let's go the, 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 the lines, <laughs> like, have you seen the memes of him? Just like, I mean, like crying. Yeah. Just yeah. so crying. Yeah. And so, so concerned, so concerned and sad. And like, <laughs> he really goes down to this, like, yeah, like, for you could have a great space. life. Life can be beautiful, <laughs> you know. Like, okay, bro. well, yeah. So, I mean, we're looking at at one as this point between seven and four. That's another way of looking at this stuff. Yeah. So it's like both four and seven are in various ways fantasies. Yeah, um, a fantasy space, and so he's kind of pulling on certain like wounded, victimized four oh, things. Oh yes. Okay, um, here we go. We're I'm just going to s- use Jordan Peterson as an yeah, example. Yeah, let's is great. do that. This is great. So. Uh, and I'll just say, I actually don't know much about Jordan Peterson, so I'm kind of <laughs> riffing here. But this thing of like wounded victim, mm-hmm. I'm oppressed, and I'm trying to speak some really profound, uh, important theoretical stuff that all of society needs to hear, but no, like people don't listen to me. People don't value men anymore. Um, <laughs> that's certain. You're getting it. You're getting Jordan Peterson. <laughs> uh, and that's like maybe a line, a way of looking at a line to four. Also with like his two wing is coming in hard there with like a, I have so much important, beautiful things, like important things to offer the world. And it's no one so true. honors me yes. or sees how much I'm giving. And then on the other wing to seven or not wing line to seven, it's just this complete like fantasy of like how things ought to be. And in this, like, you know, seven is frustration in the mind. And so it's this like ideal of like the, uh, like a, a utopic ideal. Right. 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 So one is kind of caught in between these two polarities, um, trying to make it happen with their body. Gosh, I notice it. And I, I I guess if we're just going to, this is a really nice thing. Cause I do imagine the, the uh, everyday casual, no small thing listener would know who Jordan Peterson is, but like, cause it, it's like in the realm of curiosity. Like if you're going to be out here being curious, that's going to be somebody that probably is going to pop up on your, for yeah. you page or something. Sure. But like, uh, like, I really want to watch this with you because it's it's two opposite ends of some sort of is this spectrum. the Zizek? Zizek, yeah. Oh, yes. It's like this this debate that they do and a five I, a type five. Yes, and 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 I don't know. Like Zizek is such a fascinating character because at the same time we've got maybe these potentially heady, potentially stoic types, but Zizek is so sloppy, like intentionally sloppy and playful and all over the place. And in the, and in the thing, it's like, she's like, is coming wearing a weird old t-shirt and some jeans and it's in a professional setting. And he just keeps saying, I'm trying to make you have a joke with me. I'm trying to tell a joke. Like, Mm. let's get, let's get silly here. Like, and Jordan Pearson's there in his suit. The way he sits is very perfect. The way he talks, he's taking notes and he's 
basically you can tell like trying to rein in Stizek, like you said this, but what I really, really want you to say is refine this to get down to this nice point and, mm-hmm. and just this air of sophistication. It's always a sophistication and the way he talks. Yeah. But then it's like what you're saying about growth and stress is he has these moments in these interviews where you're seeing a side of him leak out that feels slightly persecuted and sad and persecuted, hurt. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then, and that would be, would that be a growth heavy quotes or like for, him for getting Jordan in touch Peterson? with his emotions or like, uh, I don't think so. I think what that would be more. So another way of looking at it is where the utopic where, Oh, Oh, are you talking about him crying and being persecuted? As well, being? no, ah, we're really playing with a lot here, but I guess all of a sudden I was listening to the, if it's stress seven, no, no, it's no, stress four. Stress four. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. Right, right, right. So, right. so this this whole persecuted thing is more. One is in the body center is adjacent to the heart center, and that's mm-hmm. why their their downward line goes down and hits the the heart center. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, really, what one as a type is doing, just in general, is using emotions to kind of uh, justify the body center. And so, it's ironic that oh. Jordan Peterson has turned himself into this intellectual kind of character, and of course, he is very intellectually uh, educated as a person, but what the one personality is doing, it's not actually super connected to the head center. That's why their line to seven is so significant. It put, it gets them in touch with the head. Yeah. What one is really doing, if it, if it's this kind of arbitrary, my body is telling me how things ought to be and I'm going around enforcing it. Like it's an objective truth. The, the emotional state is really going to help you amp up and, and uh, justify these arbitrary things because it's really kind of drawing on your emotional state rather than actual. Yeah, which makes me think about the Shizek Peterson thing. And it's like, I almost think this image comes to my head or this thought comes to my head of like a, a one and a five is not a fair fight. A five's going to win every time in a way. You know, it's like. I mean, we saw this in the yeah, interview, right? Yeah. Or in the in the debate. Yeah. And and I think also it just reminds me of this. This is just for fun, but like a a meme in the days I was posting more memes for Enneagram. But it was like a cartoon image of these giant like oracles or statues. These two giant statues mm-hmm. look with these very um, intellectual stoic faces looking down at this little petulant crying character. Okay, and they it was like a five and a six questioning whether or not a seven is a head type. They're like, are you really a (laughs) five and six like head type? Really? Come on. (laughs) Um, Which may be an interesting conversation to have about how smart sevens actually probably are. Oh yeah. 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 But yeah, man. Okay. I mean, that that felt like a juicy conversation about growth and stress for ones at least. Sure. And I, you know, I also want to just provide that if someone thinks that they're a one or think they're have people in their life that are a one, one, I want to say like, probably aren't ones but also you know if they are <laughs> i i don't want the reference we're all point. attachment types i uh, i don't want the one thing t- I, I like i don't want to just shit on ones in this conversation so like meryl streep is a great example of another one Woo, who okay. you might not expect ones, l- glow up ones there you go it's not just jordan peterson you got meryl streep in your team but i mean That's if you big. look at the character she plays i mean you've got like mama mia which is like my primary reference yeah. point for uh her because ab is amazing but like most of a lot of her characters are these pretty up prim, uptight, yeah, uh, kind of hawkish characters. Well, I think, uh, Devil wears Prada. Yeah, Devil wears Prada. Um, I mean, she's been in a bajillion movies, but like, right. yeah, there. Yeah, wasn't she uh, uh, 
Margaret Thatcher and Iron Lady or something? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So it is this kind of, like, authoritative, infallible uh, ideal of what human morality ought to look like. Yeah. Or not, I mean, of course, Margaret Thatcher. It seems like that's how she kind of is in person, too, it seems. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, yeah, it is. And then maybe she's just used her one thing to get so good at acting. Here's how you act. Yeah, no, she, there was this, like, interview of her as a younger person being, like, um kind of lamenting that now that she's more popular, she can't like sit and observe people Hmm. because she says she was saying like so much of how I learned acting was just looking at other people and Hmm. watching them and learning how to like emulate them. Um, And yeah, it's, I mean, if you want to start like learning how to type, when you get these reference points of folks that you think might be accurately typed, you can go watch their videos and try to see like, okay, how is one playing itself out here? And uh, Meryl Streep's an interesting case because she's so sexual social so you don't often have sexual types that's a pretty odd thing sexual social also is like this very interesting energy um enneagram or talks about it kind of being like a drunken kind of a thing like who's another one uh who who played katniss in the hunger games what's that silver lining jennifer lawrence jennifer lawrence is another like she kind of is just spilling and true sexual type yeah, sexual, social Yeah, Meryl type. Streep and Jennifer Lawrence both seem a little drunk in interviews and stuff. Yeah. That's so, interesting. So the drunkenness and the oneness is an interesting contrast yeah. for Meryl, but it is, I don't know. I just wanted to give ones a bone and be like, hey, like, Good it's job, also fun, fun vibes. What's Jennifer one. Lawrence Enneagram, maybe? I, 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 I didn't, she might be a sexual type, but uh, don't know. She seems flighty enough, like, like kind of like a six, mm-hmm. six wing seven scattered. Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. Like mm-hmm. if you've seen her on red carpet, she's yeah. just like so heady. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, gosh, we really got lost in the sauce in a great way. I, I mean, I feel so happy about this. Yeah. Well, we'll wind down. We're winding well, down. We're, we're going to come back with another episode about nines, everybody, which might get worse or better. Who knows? Yeah, Whether, better. Like, depending on your you, vibe and if, what you like. Yeah. I mean, the sauce will just, <laughs> there will be no diff definition between sauce and not. It's all sauce. <laughs> sauce. <laughs> Melt into the sauce. I, with I this. think uh, what would be a takeaway? Growth and stress. I guess. I guess if I were to say intentionality and awareness. Jennifer Lawrence, sexual social six wing seven. Okay. I believe it. There okay. we are. Um. Uh. What What would be What would be your take on like so a, a little. A little, a little nine wing one advice giving on how to engage with the concept of growth and stress. Like, one, what should we be paying attention to? So, one, let's not treat these things as excuses to say I worked through my problems. Yes, or I'm a healthy nine, or healthy like two. this is why I look like this type. Like, also, all of this has to be held in hand with maybe you're not the type you think you are. Like, that's yeah. constantly in the room. I see that. I see that from like ninety percent of people we work, we engage with on Instagram. Right. Um, but secondly, like just start, especially when you start getting more reactive and, or like when things come up that grind your gears in various ways, maybe it's big, important things like social justice and things that are wrong with the world. Maybe it's things in your relationships, like the way things your, your partner does that, that annoys you or things your parents do that annoy you. Like pay attention to those things. Those situations are so fruitful for like gaining insights about what you're doing in stress and then rather than like assuming you know what type you are and saying and trying to explain it through like 
okay, I know that I'm a nine and I know that, or as a nine, I go to six in stress. So I'm going to make sense of these things in terms of like what a six, what a nine at six would be doing. I would say like almost put the Enneagram aside and just take in some raw information. What are you seeing of yourself? What do you see yourself doing? What is annoying you? Why is this such a bit? And like, if you go to therapy, take that to therapy. If you have friends that you're safe to talk about this stuff with, talk with your friends about it, like, and try to set the Enneagram language aside and just come to an understanding of what you're doing in these situations without using the language of the Enneagram. And that'll help you to actually filter what you found about yourself and apply it or like figure out which Enneagram type is actually going to describe this well. Does that love that? Love that. I mean, that feels as close to landing the plane as we could possibly expect to get. So that was really nice. A great little landing and we're not going to take back off like we're in Ireland. Wow. Look at that. (laughs) Thanks for listening everybody. Hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully you got into a nice dreamy headspace of meandering there and Probably the next episodes, we're going to come back and talk about nines because in theory, we're both nines and we have some stuff to say about that. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Much love.